Thank you for joining us for this podcast from Abundant Life. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this word. Now, here's Pastor Scott. Let's study the Bible together tonight in James chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading in verse 5. I'm going to read um, most of this out of the New Living Translation. People ask me all the time, Pastor, what is the best translation to read? And I always have the same response, whichever one you read. Uh, Having a translation that you feel like is better than a different translation, if it's sitting on the shelf, it's not doing you any good. I I do love the simplicity of the New Living. Uh, I'll be reading some out of the New Living translation tonight not to be confused with the living bible two totally different things um and some of the king james version but most of these verses will be on the screen try to follow along and let's engage in this bible study together tonight in james 1 5 the bible says if you need wisdom ask our generous god and he will give it to you he will not rebuke you for asking but when you ask him be sure that your faith is in god alone do not waver For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. I want to read to you that last verse, James 1.8, in what is for many people a more familiar reading out of the King James Version It says, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I want to talk to you tonight from a Bible study out of this text titled, Have Faith in God. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for each person that's come out tonight, Lord. I thank you for every testimony, Lord, for every prayer request, God. We know that you've heard them, and you alone are our source. You are our hope. You are everything that we trust in God. So I pray that you'd continue to do your work your way, Lord. I thank you for the young people that are here tonight, Lord. I thank you for the volunteers, the workers who come to serve and to minister and to work with these young people. Father, I pray that you'd bless their time. Bless our time in here as well. Sir, please teach us what you would have us to know. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have faith in God. That's a title of a popular hymn for those of y'all that have been in church long enough to remember hymns. And it is a very easily understood phrase throughout all of the history of the church until the last 40 years. Because in the last 40 years, the faith movement has gained traction and people have found faith as the center of their existence and replaced God with faith. Now, if you're not studying faith movement, if you're not out of that, if you're not uh, into studying what's going on in the church, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense to you, and that's a good thing because no theology is better than bad theology. So if you don't have an opinion on wrong theology because you're not infected with it, then that's a good thing. But the world is teaching even outside the church that faith is the answer. There are people, I told you before, celebrities are teaching now to ask the universe for things. You can go on, and and whether it's Oprah or any number of people telling you to ask the universe for something, believe that good things will happen, it's hilarious. I see on social media some good person, some Christian will put out there a request for prayer for some issue that they're having, and unsaved people will come back, good vibes coming your way positivity coming your way i mean do you just have a bucket of positivity and and how is it coming my way i mean is it fedex 
Uh, is, it, is it postal service? How, how, how are you sending positivity to anybody? How are you sending good thoughts and good vibes to anybody? You, you don't have that power of telepathy in you, but it's being taught and lived out in front of uh, the Western civilized church that if you just believe in something strong enough, then it can happen for you. And so what happened is the church has always had faith in God, but in the last 40 years, they begin to replace the object of their faith with faith itself. So it's currently being taught that if you believe in something, you can have it. That's faith in faith, not faith in God. Our faith is not in our faith. Our faith is not or should not be in our ability to believe even in the midst of adversity. Our faith should not be in our ability to think the right thing, say the right thing, or declare the right thing. Our faith should be in God alone. See, where that becomes a problem for people is God doesn't always say yes to his children's requests. No good parent does. No good parent says yes to every request. And so it's, it's better for some who are, who are not willing to be told no just to have faith in faith because they can continue to believe in their bad request. Are you following me? If you have faith in God, you've got to say, for the Lord I'll live, for the Lord I'll die. If God says yes, I'm cool with it. If God says no, I'm cool with it. If, if God says this, this is okay, then I'm okay with it. If God says this isn't the plan, then we have to adjust to it. And I want you to know our plan is not always God's plan. The Bible says that God's ways are past our ways. God has his own agenda. And our job as Christians is not to get God involved in our agenda, but to get our lives involved in his agenda. Let's look at what the text says in verse 5 of James chapter 1. He said, if you need wisdom comma we always want to pay attention to the punctuation you want to take the word in bite-sized pieces now if you look in the first couple of chapters in the introduction to the book of james it's clear that god inspired the apostle james to write these words to christians all around the world so the book of james is written to christians so when he says if you need wisdom what type people is he talking to christians Typically, the Bible doesn't even refer to unsaved people as possessing wisdom. It's contrasted. The opposite of wisdom is foolishness, and a wise person is contrasted with a fool, and the Bible teaches that the fool has said in his heart there is no God. So typically, when the Bible is talking about heavenly wisdom, it's referring to it as either being possessed by God or something that can be possessed by God's children. So James says, if you need wisdom, you first off got to be saved to even walk in this passage. You got to be born again to even have this apply to you. See, a lot of people try to take Bible verses and apply them when they don't really walk in that context. And the Bible is written contextually. A lot of people, it's real cool. Athletes have it on their eye black. People tattoo it on their body. Anybody know what Philippians 4.13 says? I can do all things through Christ. Well, not if you're not doing what Christ told you to do. 
Okay, so everybody can't do all things. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you can do all things through Christ. you you got to be walking in God's agenda to do what God has called you to do. You can do the things that God has called you to do if you're in Christ and Christ is working through you. Another passage says, I know that God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. Well, everybody wants to believe, well, God's going to meet my need because he says that God will supply all my need. That's only written to people who are financing ministry above and beyond the tithe. If you read the book of Philippians, you'll find out there were close friends to the apostle Paul. They gave over and above what other people gave. And he said, because you've been generous in financing ministry, God's going to supply everything that you need. So don't believe just because you're saved that all your bills are going to get paid. We got to learn how to understand scripture properly and apply the right scripture to our life or even better, put ourselves in a position of being able to step into the Word of God so we can have what the Word says that we can have. We can have wisdom if we need wisdom, if you need wisdom. Now, is there anybody alive that doesn't need wisdom? Do like this. Everybody needs wisdom. The Bible has a lot to say about wisdom. Everybody needs wisdom, but everybody's not humble enough to admit that they need wisdom. Everybody needs wisdom, but everybody's not concerned with getting wisdom. Everybody needs wisdom, but everybody's not willing to do what they need to do to acquire wisdom. I've got some verses at the bottom, Kari, of of the notes. I'm going to just give you some verses. The Bible has so much to say about wisdom. I'm going to just give you four verses that that talk to us about wisdom. Proverbs 2.6, put that on the screen for me. It says, for the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. We just saw in James chapter 1 that if you want wisdom, you got to ask God. Who, Who gives the type of wisdom that a Christian should want? God does. The Lord does. The Lord gives wisdom. So the wisdom that we want is not an earthly wisdom. And the Bible says that there's a heavenly wisdom and an earthly wisdom. There's a wisdom that comes from above and that's heavenly. And there's a wisdom that comes from the earth that's earthy. As believers, you ought to want the type of wisdom that God can give you. Not that you can get from reading books. Not that you can get from going to seminars. Not that you can get through self-help and meditation. But wisdom that comes from God. Because wisdom is important. In Proverbs 3.13, the Bible says, Happy is the man that finds wisdom and the man that gets understanding. Remember, many times when you read the Bible, the word man is talking about human. It's not gender specific. So this can apply to women just as well as it can apply to man. What will you be if you find wisdom? That's what the world wants. That's what the world wants. If I went person by person and I started with Julie and I went all the way around the room and I asked people, what is the main thing you want right now? We can get all different types of stuff. Well, I, I want my sister to recover from her heart attack. I want my children to be saved. I want my backsliding brother-in-law to get right with God. Um, I, I want God to bless my finances. I want this new job. We would get all these different type of answers to my question, what do you want? But the bottom line is, do you know why people would give all those different requests? Because they believe that would make them happy. Wouldn't you be happy if God healed your sister? Wouldn't you be happy if God saved your children? Wouldn't you be happy? See, that is the impetus. That's the motivation for why we want what we want, because we want to be happy. And I want you to know it's not a bad thing to want to be happy. 
Every good parent wants their children to be happy, and our Heavenly Father wants us to be happy, so He's made a way for us to be happy. What do we have to find to be happy? Wisdom. Happy is the person that finds wisdom. So, you know, we're going to talk about inference. We see clearly what is said, but let's think about what is inferred. If you're happy when you find wisdom, if you don't find wisdom from God, what are you going to be? Unhappy. And there's a lot of unhappy people in the world today. Sadly, there's a lot of unhappy people in church today. Worse than that, there's a lot of unhappy, truly born-again people who love God, who read their Bible, who study the Word, who say their prayers, who pay their tithes, who serve God in church, but they're still not happy. Why? Because they don't have wisdom. Why don't they have wisdom? Well, I don't have enough time to talk about it to you tonight, but listen to what the Bible continues to say about wisdom in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing, semicolon. Wisdom is the principal thing. Does it, you ought to read that and say, this is important. You ought to read that and understand God values wisdom. You ought to read that and understand this is something that we need. Say need. Wisdom is the principal thing. In the book of Proverbs, it talks about all different aspects of life. And it says the principle, the primary, the main, the big thing is wisdom. So you should get wisdom. Therefore, get wisdom. Anytime you read the word therefore, you need to back up, read the preceding verse or phrases and find out what it's there for. Why is the word therefore? Therefore, it's wisdom is the principal thing. Because of what's just been said, you should get wisdom. If you don't leave here understanding anything tonight, I want you to leave here understanding this. You need to get wisdom. You need to get wisdom because God said it's the main thing. You need to get wisdom because God said it's the principal thing. You need to get wisdom because God said you'll be happy if you get wisdom. I said if I asked for all different things. What's the main thing you want in life? We'd get different answers, but the bottom line is you're asking for something that you think would make you happy. I don't know if God is going to heal your so-and-so or deliver your such-and-such, but I do know that if you will let God give you wisdom that you'll be happy. And it's not bad to want to be happy. God wants his children to be happy, but we've got to put wisdom in its proper place. Not a lot of people are seeking wisdom. Proverbs 8, 11 says, Wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. If we talked about what are things that people desire, we'd get different answers, but we would get a lot of agreement on money. We would get a lot of agreement on fame, fortune. We would get a lot of agreement on happiness, we would get a lot of agreement on peace. But if I could stack up all the money, all the fame, and all the fortune that there is in the world on one side of the room, and I could stack up wisdom on the other side of the room, I think we know most people would run to the wrong side of the room. But the Bible plainly says wisdom's better than rubies, typifying money here. Wisdom is better than riches, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. What is it contextually in this verse? Wisdom. Anything you could desire, God says you, it can't compare to wisdom. Anything that you could want in your life, 
healing, deliverance, salvation of your children. Anything you could want in life is not to be compared, God says, to wisdom. Wisdom is better than all that. Wisdom is better than everything you're asking God for right now. Everything you're seeking God for right now doesn't even deserve to be compared in the same category as wisdom. Why? Because God said so. God said everything that you could desire can't even be compared to wisdom. Why? Because wisdom is the starting point. All those other things flow from it. Absolutely, you should want God to save your loved ones. Absolutely, you should want God to heal and deliver the people that you care about. But the starting point is wisdom. And put verse 5 back on the screen for me. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, comma. If you need wisdom. Some things in the Bible are said tongue-in-cheek. Some things in the Bible are said with a smile on the writer's face. Some things in the Bible are said knowing that everybody's not going to get it if you need wisdom. Someone might read that and think, well, I'm good on wisdom. God knows we all need wisdom. And every person with one eye and road walking sense and half a brain knows that they need wisdom. We need more wisdom than we have. And the solution is to realize your need. First step in solving a problem, any leadership school will tell you, is to identify the problem. Then you have to do something about it. We need more wisdom. Well, okay, there, there's the problem. We're not, we're not as wise as we should be. So we got to find the solution. The solution is to ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. There's the problem. There's the solution. We need wisdom. How, how do we solve that problem? We ask God. What does God do when we ask him? He gives it to us. Sounds really simple. Why doesn't it work? Well, because there's qualifiers on almost everything in the Bible. People want to just believe that they can quote a scripture and it work for them. Quoting scripture doesn't make it work for you. Lining up with scripture makes it work for you. So we got to learn how to walk in this solution because there is a real problem. People inside the Lord's church are not as happy as they should be. People in this room are not as happy as they should be. Your personality may be perky. Your personality may be spunky. Your personality may, may be extroverted and gregarious and people assume that you're happy. But do you realize that many times that, that smile is hiding something beneath it? Everybody needs more happiness to get that. We need more wisdom. How do we get it? Well, we've got to ask God, and then we've got to line up to it. The Bible says he will not rebuke you for asking. Why, why would God tell us he won't rebuke us? Because he knows somebody's thinking that, that there's a problem with them asking too much. Say too much. If you are in Christ for a long time, if you study the word, if you try to apply the word, you're going to spend a lot of time asking God for wisdom. And anytime you start asking God for the same thing over and over and over again, I'm going to tell you how the devil works. Because the Bible says that we shouldn't be ignorant concerning the schemes of the devil. He only has a handful of tricks. And if you can figure out your enemy's tricks, then you can learn how to beat your enemy. And one of the tricks of the devil is to try to get you to think that God's tired of you asking. That you've already asked for it and it didn't work for you. One of the tricks of the devil is every time you fail, the devil wants you to believe that you're a failure. Failing doesn't make you a failure. Quitting makes you a failure. Failing in wisdom doesn't mean that you're never going to get it. It means you just got to keep asking. And the Bible is clear when it says God's not going to get on to you 
God's not going to correct you. God's not going to harshly chastise you. He's not going to rebuke you for asking for wisdom. So I want you to understand that every time you pray, you should ask God for wisdom until you get all the wisdom you believe God can give you. And that's not going to happen because there's always new levels. The Bible says God wants to take you from one level of glory to another. God wants to grow us, so we need to ask God for wisdom more. Verse 6 says, but here come the conditions. Here comes the why. Here comes the reason that people don't get it. But when you ask him, now here the writer is assuming that you're going to ask, which assumes that you understand that you have a need. So we have to start understanding our need then we have to ask the right person. But when we ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. The reason God tells us to be sure is because he knows that there is divided faith out there. Be sure that your faith is in God alone. So this infers to us that there are other things that you could put your faith in. See, a lot of people have faith in their own ability. A lot of people just just have been successful in certain things intellectually or or experientially, and they just believe, I'll figure it out because I always do. I'll make it work because I always have. I'll get through it because I'm smarter than the average bear. I will make it happen because I have ability. We need to understand that God is more able than we are. God is smarter than we are. God is stronger than we are. God knows more than we know, and he's more able than we ever will be. So we've got to stop putting faith in ourselves. We've got to stop putting faith in other people. We've got to stop putting faith in intellect. We've got to stop putting faith in science. We've got to stop putting faith in politicians. We've got to stop putting faith in our race. We've got to stop putting faith in our background. We've got to stop putting faith in our families. We've got to stop putting faith in whatever it is that we believe makes us special because God says you need to make sure that your faith is in God alone. Listen, God is jealous. The Bible's clear about that. If you are trusting anything or anyone else, even a little bit, God is more than willing to sit back and say, go ahead. Go ahead. You, 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 you and them figure it out. You, you, you think that that can help you better than me? Go ahead. God says that our faith must be in God alone, not faith in faith. Not not faith in our ability to hold on, not not faith in our endurance, but faith in God alone. And he goes on to say, do not waver. Well, why would God tell us not to waver? Because he knows we will. You need to understand when God tells us not to do certain things in the Bible, he knows that there's the possibility that his children will do those things. That's why when you leave your house, you need to tell the children, don't turn on the stove. Don't, don't, don't fight with each other. Don't mess with stove. That's just me. You need to tell your children what not to do if you know that there's a potential they might do those things. And he says, don't waver because he knows Christians. This letter is written to Christians. These words are written to Christians. He knows that even real born-again people 
have the ability to waver. Do you realize the enemy wants you to waver? See, the enemy can't take your salvation away from you. The Bible is clear about that. The Bible says that you're in God's hands and nobody can pluck you out of God's hand. So the enemy can't take you out of Christ, but he can cause you to doubt a whole bunch of stuff. He can't, he can't destroy you, but he can distract you. He, he can't stop you, but he can make you stumble. He, he can't get in the way totally, but he can get in the way a little bit. And one of the ways he does that is through doubt. Say doubt. God's not a fan of doubt. God is not a fan of doubt. If you study the history of the Bible, you will be able to more effectively be who God wants you to be. God's Word says that we have these stories for our example. God spends a lot of time in the Bible telling us the story of how he brought the people out in the Exodus, how he brought his children out from the slavery of Pharaoh and into the promised land. And he gives us very detailed specifics about what happened to those people. And none of the adults other than Joshua and Caleb got into the promised land that left Egypt And the reason they didn't get in was not because they were sinful, not because they were idolaters, which they were, not because they were adulterers, which they were, not because they messed up a lot, which they did. The Bible says the reason they couldn't enter in was because of doubt. That's why people have preached series and and wrote popular books and lectures from the title, Your Doubt Will Keep You Out. And if you are doubting what God has for you, you're already behind. You need to believe what God says. Now, you can be more than willing to doubt, is this the right person to marry? Because nowhere in the Bible does it tell you who to marry. You can be more than willing to doubt, is this the right school to send your children to? Because nowhere in the Bible does it tell you what school to send your children to. You can doubt whether or not this should be the job you should take. Because nowhere in the Bible does it tell you this is the job that you should take. But you shouldn't doubt what God says. See, people want to put faith in their vision. People want to put faith in their thought. I'm believing God for a new car. Well, that's okay, but you can't fully believe God for a new car because nowhere in the Bible does it say he's going to give you a new car. No, God told me he was going to give me a new car. No, you want to believe God told you he's going to give you a new car. God has spoken in his word. God told me he was going to refinance my house at 0% interest. No, he didn't. He didn't say that. How do I know that? Because God's consistent. He's going to say what he's already said. And I've read the book and it doesn't say that. So you can't have faith in what you are believing God for. You got to have faith in God. This is where people mess up. People want to have faith in what they're believing God for when God never told them that. They just want to believe it so strong. But when you know what God has said because you read it in the book, Not because you had a dream about it. I already told you, I do believe in visions. I do believe in dreams, but they always have to be consistent with the written word of God. There's nothing that supersedes the written word of God. Not our thoughts, not our dreams, not our vision, not our anointing, not our prophecy, not what pastor, apostle, bishop, potentate, so-and-so said. The Bible says for itself that God's exalted his word above his name. It has to line up with the word. God didn't say little red Corvette. Prince said that. God didn't say big house on the river. Greed said that. So you got to make sure that what you're believing in is not what you're hoping for, but that you're believing in God alone and that you're not doubting. Because God said, don't waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea 
that is blown and tossed by the wind. Now, I believe in this room, just based on what I know about people, that there are some people in this room that not only have never been in the ocean, but you're never going in the ocean. Anybody in the room never been in the ocean? Everybody in this room been in the ocean? I don't believe that at all. All right, you just don't want to be singled out. That's okay. Listen, if you go in the ocean, you're going to find out that the ocean is stronger than you. The ocean can push you around. The ocean can hurt you. The ocean can unbalance you no matter how good you are in the ocean. And the Bible says that when you waver, when your loyalty is divided, when you have doubt that you are as unsettled as a wave in the sea. The waves just bounce up and down, and you don't want to bounce up and down in life. You want to get on a course, and you want to stay with it. Why is it important that you not bounce around? Well, verse 7 says, such people. What people? Doubting people. Such people. What people? Divided loyalty people. Such people. What people? People who are believing in stuff God didn't say. Such people, what people? People whose faith is not in God alone. You believe in what somebody else told you. Listen, don't let people talk you into something. Christians will try to talk you into something. Christians will try to talk you into their dream. I believe this is what God wants for us. Listen, I, I love what Bishop Jakes told somebody one time and report, repeated it many times since then. He tells a story about being on a stage. And in a church where he had never been before and he wasn't familiar with the people. And somebody came up to him from the church and said, so-and-so on the front row has a strong gift of prophecy and they have a word for you. They want to come up on the stage and tell you their word. And remember, they have a strong gift of prophecy. He said, tell them I have a strong gift of rebuke. So they left him alone. Listen, all these people that have a word for you but have no success in their own life, they're just false. That's just, that's just taught behavior. God gave me a word for you. What about a word for yourself? How about get you straight before you have a word for somebody else? How, how about you start living effective in Christ? Listen, I don't take words from people that aren't really, really, really successful in their own private devotion with Christ. I didn't say successful financially or ministerially. I'm talking about in their own personal devotional life. You have to not be such people. What people? People whose faith is in other things than God alone. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. We need to agree that the Bible is right. We need to agree that the Bible is perfect. We need to agree that the Bible has no mistakes. We need to agree that every word in the Bible is specific because that's what the book says of itself. Every word of God is forever settled in heaven. These words are not random. These words are specific. And the Bible says that those type of people that I've been talking about should not expect to receive anything. That's hard. See, I can understand that because we're not perfect, we shouldn't expect to receive much. I can understand we don't deserve a lot. I can understand based on our limited abilities that we're not going to get a lot. But this says they're not going to get what? Oh, well, that's awful. 
That's just horrible. That's painful. That's depressing. Why? Because it's talking to Christians. It's talking to God's children. It's talking to people that go to church and read the Bible. It's talking to people who are trying. And they're not going to receive anything. Not anything? All it's talking about contextually is asking God for wisdom. But it's backing it up saying you're not going to get anything. You're not going to get blessing. You're not going to get favor. You're not going to get help. You're not going to get strength. You're not going to get encouragement. You're not going to get joy. You're not going to get closeness with God. You're not going to get what? Anything. This is hard. But this is God. God ain't about giving stuff to such people. You don't want to be such people. Whatever you do in life, don't be such people. Make sure that you're not in that such people crowd. Because if you're in that such people crowd, according to the true word of God, I can assure you, you are not going to get anything from God. Not only are you not going to get wisdom, you're not going to get anything. Pastor, can it really mean that? Yes, it's what it says. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Well, verse 8 tells us why. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. Now, here the world is not talking about the geographic planet that we live on. It's talking about everything other than God. Their loyalty is between God and something else. See, some people have their loyalty to others. Some people have their loyalty to people. Some people have their loyalty to their pastor. Some people have their loyalty to their spouse. Some people have their loyalty. Now, it's not bad to be a loyal person. The Bible teaches us to be loyal, but your faith needs to be in God alone. Your belief system needs to be in God alone. And if your loyalty is divided between God and other things, the Scripture says you're unstable in everything you do. Now you can't even be confident in anything. Why? Because you're like a wave. You're just bouncing around. You're just coming and going. You're just in and out, up and down. No stability, no consistency. Listen to what verse 8 says in the King James Version. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Put that verse on the screen for me. Verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Kari dipped out. All right, here we go. Thank you, Adairis. A double-minded person, man, is unstable in how many ways? All. All your ways. Once you start wondering, is it right, is it wrong, you're out of gas. Once you start wondering, should I or shouldn't I, you're, you're, you're already in the losing lane. Once you start not being sure, should you do something, you are already off track. The Bible says in the book of Romans, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. And what that means is if you're not completely sure that it's what God wants for you, it's wrong for you. Whatever's not of faith is sin. If you're not completely sure that it's right, it's what God has for you, when you begin to start doubting stuff, you need to leave it alone. The, the, the Bible was addressing whether or not Christians should eat meat offered to idols. The Bible was addressing whether or not Christians should do things that offend other people. If you have doubts about anything in your life that you're considering, you need to back off it and let it go. Take your hands off it altogether. Leave it alone. Why? Because you can't move forward in God 
in an unstable position. You can't move forward with God in a position of uncertainty. Now, see, there are some things that I believe you shouldn't even shouldn't pray about. You can quote me on that. That doesn't sound real spiritual, and that doesn't sound very pastoral, but there's just a lot of things that you shouldn't even be praying about. If you are a Christian, you shouldn't be praying about whether or not you should steal from your employer. Does that make sense? You shouldn't be praying about whether or not you should cheat on your spouse. You shouldn't be praying about whether or not you should pay the tithe. You shouldn't be praying about whether or not you should be praying. You shouldn't be praying about whether or not you should be living holy. You shouldn't be praying about whatever's already been told. Listen, I've had people ask me many times because they know that I teach and preach that I'm under my mother's authority because I have to honor my mother as long as she's alive. My father is dead, so I don't have a father to, to honor. But my mother is still alive, so she's still the boss. Because I teach it's not as long as you live under my house, you'll do what I say. It's as long as your parents are alive, the Bible says that you have to honor them. And I, based on that, I've had people say, well, have you talked to your mom about that? And I'm like, <laughs> I already know what she would say. Don't you already know what mama would say to most things? Don't you? Uh, do you need to talk to your mom about whether or not you should go home and do crystal meth tonight? Probably not. Now, if, unless mom's doing it with you, now you got a problem. There's so many things I don't have to ask my mom about because I know exactly what she'd say. Why? Because she's my mom. We have a relationship. I've spent years listening to her. I can hear her voice in my head. This is how we need to get with the Lord. Well, have you talked to God about that? Don't have to. Why? Because I already know what he would say. If he's already addressed it in the book, there's just certain things you don't have to pray about. But there's a lot of other things that you do need to pray about. And while you're praying about them, you need to be careful how you're progressing through them. Or you'll begin to put faith in the wrong thing. You will find yourself in situations that God never intended you to be in. And then you can't get anything from God. Because double-minded people don't get anything from the Lord. Here's what I want you to take away from tonight. We need wisdom. Hopefully we have some. If you're in Christ, you have some wisdom because you're not a fool, because your heart tells you there is a God. And the biblical definition of a fool is someone who says there isn't a God. So we believe there is a God, so we have some wisdom. We need to understand we need more wisdom. God wants us to be happy. God wants his children to be successful. God wants his children to thrive. God inspired John to say, I want above everything that you would prosper and be in good health. This is what God wants for us. We get in the way. We get in the way by stepping into stuff that we're not sure is really for us. We get in the way by putting our faith in people and in things. We get in the way by putting our faith in faith. We need to realize we need wisdom that only God can give us. See, if you want a whopper, guess where you have to go? You can't get nothing but an imitation. Go into the sheik if you want to, Jimmy. You ain't getting a whopper from the sheik. You get a giant burger. You might like it better, but it's not a whopper. If you want a Big Mac, where do you have to go? If you want an Arby's roast beef sandwich. If you want good chicken. Only Popeye's. Or mama's house, right? Amen. 
you got to go to the right place to get what you want. You, you, you shouldn't buy your produce from a hardware store unless you live in the deep country. We, we, we were traveling in the mountains of North Georgia. We went into a restaurant. They were selling everything in that restaurant. They had it under glass. They had, they had tools up at the front counter. They had milk, eggs, cheese. I'm like, y'all, well, y'all a grocery store? Y'all a restaurant? Lady said, well, this far up in the mountain, you just, you know, the people don't want to drive too far. We carry everything. Listen, we don't live that far up in the mountain. You need to go to the right place to get what you want. And if you realize you need more wisdom, there's only one place that you need to get it from. God. Not self-help books. Not, not motivational series. I'm not saying those things are bad, but I'm saying that there's one source for bi- biblical, true, heavenly wisdom, and that's from God. And God said you can ask him for it. But if you know you're struggling, you're stumbling, you're not sure about certain things in your life that you're participating in the bible says you're unstable the bible says you're double-minded you're unstable in all your ways when when you have that division in your mind so what do we got to do we got to get on firm footing we've got to get on firm footing we've got to position ourselves in a place where we know what we're doing is what god wants us to do then we're not divided about it then we're not uncertain about it See, whenever you get into a place that you know God has for you, there's peace there. There's safety there. There's joy there. There's satisfaction there. There's fulfillment there. There's happiness there. And we got to get to that place. Can't get there without asking God. We need to get humble, and we need to get to a place where we realize, I'm not all that. I don't have it nearly together. I need so much help right now that I better start asking God every day. Well, we need to ask him for what he told us we could ask him for. He didn't ever say that, that you, you, you could ask and receive a million dollars. Now, he said let your request be made known to him. You can ask for it. Just be willing to be told no. When you ask for wisdom, you won't be told no unless your lo- loyalty is divided. When you ask for wisdom, you won't be told no unless you're such people. And your faith is in the wrong thing. Stop being such people. Get yourself in a position where God can give you the wisdom that he wants you to have. And make sure that you're asking for it. We need wisdom for everything. See, we ask God about the big stuff. Most of us do. But we need to be talking to God about everything. See, the better place to get, though, is to get yourself in a receivable position of wisdom. And then there's lots of stuff you won't even have to be confused about. You won't even have to ask your heavenly father about it because you already know what he has to say about it. And then you can just walk in confidence that you are doing what God would have you to do. If you lack wisdom, ask from God, and he'll give it to you generously as long as your faith is in him and him alone. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. God, I pray that you would give us wisdom. I pray that you would let us trust you and you alone. Nothing from this world, nothing from ourself, nothing from others, God, but you and you alone. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for being able. Thank you for being good and gracious and loving and merciful. Please, God, give us wisdom so that we can honor you the way that we desire to. Please, God, give us wisdom so that we can live the life that you want us to live. God, please give us wisdom so we can be happy, 
so we can enjoy the life that you've blessed us with. Father, I pray that you would give us wisdom so that we can go out and represent you properly in this earth. Thank you for allowing us to ask you for wisdom. Thank you for telling us that you would give us wisdom, God. We willingly receive everything that you have for us, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We truly appreciate the opportunity to pour into your lives each week. For more information or to donate to Abundant Life's ministry, please check out our website at www.alcfnow.org.